It just was fun and became a life of its own. And then I started to meet people in his circle. My man, Anchorman V, he was a big YouTuber at the time. And, you know, all these personalities would pop into our Xbox Live party chat and say, this seems like a podcast. So it was Attic that brought the idea to me. It was like, hey, man, we should start a podcast. And I got to be honest, I was very... Very resistant in the beginning. Like, I wasn't really, I was like, ah, you know, I'm older. Who wants to listen to some old man's opinions? Welcome to Creator's Edge, a podcast where I interview your favorite creators, share their stories, discover their superpowers, and the important lessons that help them rise to the top. I want to take you on a journey to meet some of the brightest minds and the creators who impact the lives and the work that we do. This is a podcast for creators. Welcome to your Creator's Edge. This is episode three with Lord Cognito. Lord Cognito is an incredible human being, respected podcaster, entrepreneur, bodybuilder, and founder at the Iron Lords and the Lords of Gaming Network. He also writes some of the best guest intros. Cognito is the host of the Iron Lords and the Last Word podcast. The Iron Lords has been a huge success with crowds in the hundreds and over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. The Iron Lords is also the home to some of the most incredible interviews with amazing personalities in the world of video games, including Patrick Wren from 343 Studios, Justin Ronald, Director of Product Marketing at Xbox, Colin Moriarty, founder of Last Stand Media and respected YouTube personality, Jason Schreier, best-selling author and gaming journalist, and Ryan McCafferty, executive editor and host at IGN's Unlocked. Lord Cognito is one of the smartest and hardest working people I know, and I'm excited to welcome him and to learn more about his remarkable journey and growth in podcasting, community, and entrepreneurship. Let's begin. First of all, thank you for the tremendous intro. Very humbling. Just hearing that kind of stuff definitely humbles me because we've come such a long way. I love things like this and, you know, I love what you're doing. So it was only right that I'm in the realm with you talking content creation. Why do you create and why do you podcast? Creation for me came much later. You know, I'm I'm an older gentleman. I'm a generation Xer. So for me, to be completely honest with you, Gordon, I didn't understand the concept. I, I, I It was one of those things that when I saw people who podcasted or streamed and things of that nature, I personally couldn't understand, like, why would anyone, you know, want to listen to someone and not, like, either game themselves? And it, it really was a novel thing for me. So I have to shout out Lord Addict first because um, me and him are friends on Xbox. We became really close on Xbox Live. You know, we got into Destiny and, and, and things like that. And he was the one that approached me because we would have these hilarious Xbox Live party chats, these very passionate discussions, debates. Yeah, it, it just was fun. It became a life of its own. And then I started to meet people in his circle. Shout out to my man Anchorman V. He was a big YouTuber at the time. And, you know, all these personalities would pop into our Xbox Live party chat and say, this seems like a podcast. So it was Attic that brought the idea to me and was like, hey, man, we should start a podcast. And I got to be honest, Corn, like I was very 
very resistant in the beginning. Like, I wasn't really, I was like, ah, you know, I'm older. Who wants to listen to some old man's opinions? I didn't understand the audience, you know. So the agreement initially was I would guest. Finally gave in and caved in to, to Attic. Finally pressured me. He'll host it. I'll just guest on his podcast, so to speak. And that's how I kind of got the ball rolling. And it's, I've never really looked back ever since because the fever started to take over and I started to get into it and the topics and and things of that nature. But yeah, we initially started as a Destiny-only podcast as far as being Iron Lord's podcast. Attic came up with the name. And then I initially was a guest just chiming in, giving my opinions on things before it eventually kind of got bigger and grew into what we know it now. Welcome, friends, to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show for April 6, 2021. It's episode 489. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I want to welcome the rest of the panel this week. A friend of the podcast welcoming him back, Lord Cognito himself from the Iron Lords podcast. Absolute pleasure to be back in the realm of Unlocked. And we are live. The last word with Lord Cognito and Ibantis, fresh on that Friday evening campfire. Gotta get into it because... Last word, I would say definitely the Guardian Radio Ties and Macy Sean is a big reason why we even exist. My pleasure to be talking to Lord Cognito from the Iron Lords podcast. We are live with a hot bike, and it's another glorious Tuesday. <laughs> and we are back at the round table on the Lord's Day. I'm extremely excited about our special guest, and we've got MLB The Show on Game Pass, PlayStation Game Preservation, and PlayStation Now slash PS Plus to discuss, so we're going to get right into it. How did the Iron Lords and the Lords of Gaming Network get started? How was that journey like? We started with Attic. We, we got that going. We became a Destiny podcast. This was right around the time of Rise of Iron DLC. That's the Iron Lords <laughs> podcast name. So we were clearly inspired there. And then we started to get going. We had like a good four. We had a good group shot to Lord Swat, Lord Sleep. Those are the four original members of Iron Lords podcast, where it was just a Destiny only podcast. But then schedules and things started to happen. And those two other members, it was kind of difficult for them to kind of make the schedule consistently. And I'm originally from South Bronx, New York City. And what ends up happening is the people I grew up with, with in my family, like my home used to be on Saturdays, the place everyone would go to kind of get away from the negativity, to kind of just hang out and be a safe spot for gaming. So every Saturday, you go to Cog's house, you know, shout out to Mama Cognito. She allowed all these loud <laughs> kids, teenagers to pile up in my, my place and play games all night and stuff. But it became like a tradition. So what ends up happening is Lord Sovereign, who's actually I've been in. I actually went to school with him. I've known him since the third grade. And these are people who I would game with constantly. And there's a bunch of lords that you guys don't know about that are in the background that were from the original days, South Bronx and piling up and playing Halo and playing all these different games, having every console, whether it be from like the, all the way from the Genesis days to Dreamcast, Graphics, you name it, we had it. And those two members, which was Sov and King, we all stayed in contact so what I ended up doing was reaching out to them to say, hey, we're down two guys. I would love to have you on as a guest. And Sovereign was actually a guest on Elon's podcast. So I did an intro for him. I, I introduced the world to him. And then King is family. And King is like, 
he's one of the funniest individuals I know. I always tell kids, bro, you should be like a stand-up comedian. And he's like, ah, nah, I don't like the stages. Like, he's literally the funniest person I know. Like, the greatest laughs I've ever had was with Lord King. And once I brought him on as a guest, and I started to see the chemistry with all four of us, with me, Addict, King Solve, and we're very vocal, we're all opinionated, but we're respectful of each other. And what I love about it, we don't always agree. And that's what kind of made the dynamic. So what it kind of evolved was that People said, okay, we like you guys as a podcast. We just don't like just Destiny talk. And Solve's not a Destiny guy anyway. So he was like, great. I can talk about consoles and Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo. So that's how it kind of evolved. And then, yeah, we just, we never looked back. As far as Lords of Gaming Network, real quickly, uh, shout out to my brother, Lloyd Dizzy. Rest in peace to him. He had recently passed away. But he was the one of the ones that believed the division early when we were very low subscriber count. And he said, look, you guys have one of the most entertaining podcasts I've ever heard. And he had a website. It was called Playback Gaming at the time for us, which was, you know, it was very big for us, for him to allow us to put our podcast on his website, which was thriving. And we kind of got our name out a little bit more there. And yeah, we just never looked back, you know, and then from there, me and him developed a a great relationship. And he said, hey, let's just work on something together in the vein of the Iron Lords. And that's how the Lords of Game Network started. He became one of the the editors-in-chief. I became kind of like the CEO with the branding of the podcast. And that's how Lords of Gaming Network started. So we just started to recruit writers and opinion pieces and and start our journey in games media. So um, how many of you are there? So as far as Iron Lords podcast consists of four, myself, Lord Cognito, Lord Addict, the co-host, Lord Sovereign, affectionately we know him as the Iron Bank, he takes care of all the business, and uh, Lord King, the Xbox prophet, the man with the most outlandish predictions that ends up being true. So that's the core four. Lords of Gaming Network is actually myself right now, which is CEO. And then we have Josh Redding, who is the editor-in-chief. I've known Josh for a while and tremendous writer. That man, he is a savant with writing. So I really was very fortunate to have him on board. We have Nicholas Downey. A lot of these people are either people I've known for a couple of years through gaming and uh, conventions or people I've grown up with. So we have like about a core four to five as far as editing, I want to shout out uh, Lord Macho Hector. He's also an assistant editor. And my boy, Lord Mahmoud from Bahrain. And what I'm very proud of LordsGamer.net is that we're very diverse. We have people from all over the world writing from us, from Croatia, uh, Bahrain, from, I mean, you name from UK. It's a true melting pot of different personalities and writers that that allow to give their opinion. And they, they all contribute. And we're very fortunate to become media. And that was about in 2019. We're officially kind of media. We were we registered for Open Critic. And again, we do reviews. We do game previews, impressions. We do interviews when we go to conventions, whether it be E3 packs, so on and so forth. And it's just been a nice little steady growth just to see us try to grow professionally in that space. So I Love Podcast will always be the popular thing because that's the podcast. It's the more well-known. But Lords of Gaming is the kind of the professional arm, the the actual media portion that uh you know, a lot of people in the industry have tend to gravitate, gravitate towards, and we've been responsible for getting some, some big interviews as a result. Do you focus any of your effort into like looking at things like analytics and doing any type of search engine optimization to help your effort? Yeah. I mean, because a lot of these things, I'll be honest with you, Corn, it was like a lot of these things were new to me and, and just learning this skill set and trying to develop that. I got to give credit to Lord Attic because that's his, he's, as far as the YouTube side, 
he is really analytic. He is a he's a beast when it comes to analytics, understanding trends, understanding where things are going. So learning from him, the smallest little things of how to create a title for something, how to generate interest, thumbnails, like just basic things that I took for granted. And one of the biggest lessons I learned from him was kind of like, this is a kind of a quick funny story was uh, we were doing our first like convention, right? It's our first PAX East where media, you know, lordsofgaming.net. It's a big deal for us. We're going to get gaming coverage. It's a big deal. And I never forget, we kind of went with a kind of crappy video setup and I made some very poor decisions as far as like the quality of the video. I think we tried, I tried to like stream it live to YouTube at a convention. It was awful, Court. It was, it was just a bad idea. The video quality was terrible. The audio was okay. So I remember we got like a, it was kind of like an, an anticipated title from a very hardcore base of gamers. And I remember getting the interview and I remember saying to myself after like, man, I blew it. Like I had this great opportunity. The interview was good, but the video quality was so bad. It was so pixelated. It was so awful. And I was just like, man, I'm not even going to put this thing out. This is a waste. And I remember Addict saying, no, he's like, look, I get it. You want the highest quality. You're disappointed with how it turned out, but put it out. There's an audience that is still going to look for that content. And I'm like, but look how terrible it is. Like no one's going to. And bro, you never believe it. Like that was one of our biggest videos. And we had like it was like the first time we kind of had like a viral video, so to speak. For us, it was like 20,000 views or whatever it was at the time. And it was huge for us. It was absolutely huge. And I'll never forget, it goes to show you that if you have good content, people still will gravitate towards it and deal with it, despite, you know, you may have technical issues. It was called, it was called Death Guard. It was a PC game. And it was a beloved game that a lot of people were looking forward to. And it got to the point where actually some bigger YouTubers hit me up and said, hey, do you mind if we put a little bit of your footage in our video? We'll give you credit. And I'm like, absolutely. So again, that was huge for us. And me learning about analytics and stuff like that on YouTube and on the website, I, I got to credit my guy Hyde, I credit Dizzy, a lot of these guys who, again, that's a whole new world to me, SEO, you mentioned analytics, things of those, that nature, and just being able to pick the minds of those people. And to be honest, this was a new world to me, but I never really manage the day-to-day -day of a technical website on the back end and the front end, and then also teaching writers and helping and improving my own writing. So it was like growing into the role also was, was with lordsgaming.net. You're listening to Creator's Edge. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on Apple. It only takes a minute and it's the absolute best way to support the show. It would mean the world and we appreciate your time. What would you say were some important lessons that you learned as a CEO along the way? Um, two, two things. One is on the YouTube side, that lesson as far as content, being consistent, not being too hard on yourself, always looking for improvement, not, not afraid to take criticism. Some of the important lessons also is that not to get too down is this point. Well, I have to admit where I honestly felt the content that we were producing was really good. I'm just like, man, no one is watching. No one is listening. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it, it's this tough thing because as a creative, you, you, it's disheartening, right? It's discouraging, right? It, it's just like, man, I feel like I'm putting my all into this. 
I feel that this is quality content. I like it. You know, the, the people that do listen say they enjoy it, but for whatever reason, it's just not resonating with the masses. And the hardest thing is to, to get people to believe and want to work with you. And sadly, the thing that I noticed is it's something sometimes there are very click tendencies in the community. And they're very people who only want to deal with you if you have a certain threshold of subscriber count or if you have a certain amount of views. Everything is so analytical driven that I just felt discouraged because I'm like, man, I'm just as passionate as a lot of these people. And I feel like if they gave us a chance, they love the content. And yeah, it was it was one of those things that we were fortunate to get some key breaks for some key people who, I have to be honest, really, if it came down to stature, had no business kind of dealing with us, but really believed in what we were doing and were willing to give us an opportunity to either be on our platform or allow me on their platform and so on and so forth. Shout out. I got to shout out to my co-host of the last word. I got to shout out Ebontis. You know what I'm saying? Like he's one of those people because I remember when I met him at a convention, Ebontis was sitting at what, maybe, I don't know, at the time, 20,000, which was amazing to me. Like, I'm like, wow, he's 30,000 followers. Wow. Like me, I'm Iron Little Podcast at the time, maybe was 200. We're talking, we're vibing. And I'm like, man, this kid knows his destiny. And I even asked, like, look, we had such a rapport, we had so much in common and, and passion for the franchise that I even asked him, like, man, like, you know, we exchange each other's business cards. And I'm like, yo, would you be interested in doing a podcast, like a Destiny podcast? And this was right around the time of Curse of Osiris. Like, the game is literally dead, <laughs> right? But we're, we're so passionate for, for Destiny and talking about it. He's like, absolutely. And I was honored by that because, again, According to the internet, you know, you're not supposed to deal with someone who only has this. You know what I mean? Like a lot of content creators sadly play that game and he's not one of them. That's why I consider him a true friend. Like that man, we've hung out. I've been to his house. I met his friend. You know what I mean? Like we're friends. And that's the same thing I want to uh, get across with the Iron Lords podcast. Like we are legit friends. We know each other. We hang out. We go on trips together. Obviously, a lot of us, we grew up together and it's a family atmosphere. And, and I love that about us. You know what I'm saying? Because we're real people. So that's probably some of the biggest lessons I've learned. And I've always felt like never get too big that you don't remember how it was when, you know, when you started. And, and, and that's how I feel. Like I'm never going to get so big where I'm like, oh, I'm too good to, to be on the Destiny podcast. <laughs> I'm too big. Never get too full of yourself because at the end of the day, we all started somewhere. You mentioned so many important things that I resonate with so strongly because when I started, I think for me, it took me a lot longer to really start it. I always wanted to chase that perfectionism, right? And I always wanted to get it right. And I feel like it's something you can pretty much spend your entire life doing, but you sometimes it's important to also put the content out because if you don't, honestly, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because all this time passes where you can be creating content, but you're not. And you're hindering your own level of success by doing that. If I started it sooner, I feel like we could have been a bigger thing. But because I started so late, despite the fact that I started playing the game back in 2014, it took that long to get started. So it's going to impact your growth also. Finding that person who gives you the opportunity because... I think that's so critical because for us, same thing, right? Took a chance and agreed to be on the podcast. And it's funny because when we booked Rami 
the guest that we were scheduled to have couldn't make it. I'm just going to take a chance and like hit up this person that I met at this gaming convention. And he was like, uh, yeah, what time? I was like, really? Lord Cognito, what is your superpower? My greatest superpower is the ability to bring people together who may not normally associate with each other or and then find out that they may actually have more in common than they think. So it's a combination of that and I'm good at diffusing problems and problem solving. So like being a people person is, is something I'm very good with the psychology of the human mind and and being empathetic and, and understanding like, hey, this person's really working hard. They need a pat on the back. Hey, this person may be slacking. He needs a little kick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or hey, this person build my brother up to say, hey, you know, and it's okay. Like it, it's it's a balance of knowing when to put yourself first, but when to put others first. And I think I'm pretty good at that. I think I'm very, you know, that's my strength. Like I, I don't have, I know who I am and I'm not, I don't have that big an ego put things to the side for the greater good of the vision or the mission. So that to me is more important. You know, my kudos will come. My, my, you know, I, I love it when people know about who Ebonitus is. I love it when people know about, oh, wow, Addict or, you know, King and Solve. I love it when people say, hey, that writer you got, you know, Josh Redden, Nicholas Downey, Gene, like all these people that I'm associated with, like they're amazing and they get the light because at the end of the day, that makes us a stronger unit. That makes us a better team. So my superpower is definitely a unifier and probably person who can soothe the savage beast so that we can we can get things done that's an amazing superpower to have and that's really important makes you a really good ceo and a leader because ultimately the important thing may not necessarily be the skills because anybody can learn a skill set and do the skill set you can find people who can do but it's really rare for you to have the ability to really bring people together and to make an impact with those people and, and to be able to stay the course on your vision and you are so excellent at that so okay i gotta ask do you write your own intros or do you have somebody writing them for you that's a good question but i have to give myself credit here <laughs> yeah i write all my intros when um i'll give you how the the sausage is made there are some times when i just connect with a person and in my mind, I kind of already know what I want to say. It's just formulating. But I will give you this. I do practice my intros. I do, you know, maybe I do like a one, like a one run through before we go live an hour or two. And I'll like, I'll have it. I'll try to have them ready two days before. But sometimes there are some intros that are very difficult because there's some people I don't have a lot of information on. And that comes down to now, okay, I need to research. And I take sometimes... Funny, true story. Sometimes some intros take longer to research the person about the person than the actual do the research for the show. There's some people that had me stumped if they only knew how much time it took for me to, because one of my greatest joys is loving when people go, oh my God, how did you know that? Right? Or I find something very obscure about a person that I know either means a lot to them and then they go, wow. And sometimes the audience doesn't know what I'm referencing. And they see 
the the guest just erupt in laughter or a big smile and they go man that was cool because they know that I've took the time and I research and I found something I pride myself on finding something either obscure or something that not, you know not too many people know that really means a lot to the person and when I nail it there's no greater feeling corn like when you see that smile or sometimes they're just laughing during the intro I got them I'm like yep I got you. That that's what your action I want because I want you to feel welcome. I want you to to know that when you're in Iron Lords podcast, we're gonna celebrate you. When you're in the last word, for, you know, about a, about a fireplace, you know, see the campfire, we're gonna celebrate you. So it's those things that I feel bring people together, and we, we need to celebrate the content creators, the creators of these games, the the developers, the media, all these things that we love. We need to celebrate. Bring out the red carpet, show them some love, and. It, it diffuses the tension because let's be honest, like a lot of people, they, they jump on the, the podcast for the first time. They don't know who I am. Right. They don't really know who Iron Lord's podcast is. And then they see this environment and they go, wow, this is cool. And they just it's like they're at home. It's an icebreaker. Right. And now we could just talk gaming amongst friends. And I love it. That's one of the things I'm probably most proud of as well as something that took a while to cultivate and get my own little style with it and I, there was times i almost thought about not doing it <laughs> you know but uh I, I i i'm glad i stuck with it because it's become a staple to the point where i got i got is doing it a little bit now on last word <laughs> yeah man it's cool it's cool i love it i love doing it it's really inspiring to see everything that you're doing and i think i figured out your magic and you know what that is you're you celebrate people it's about celebrating people. It's not about trying to get partnered when you can make somebody happy and make their day because they were on a podcast, right? You introduce them in a really amazing way because yes. they had this amazing experience that now they're never going to forget their entire life. Mm-hmm. The people who created the game that really impacted my life so greatly and is my favorite game of all time that they listened to the podcast. They, they heard me and... I got a chance to say thank you, right? And that's so, so important. And now to be able to create these experiences for other creators who may not have ever had that opportunity, it's it's a really special thing. Absolutely. You nailed it. I mean, I think I remember me me and E just talking about getting your journey and seeing all the amazing content creators and, and people from the community that have, have joined your podcast. And it, you nailed it best. There's something to be said when your peers say, hey, I listen, I only, oh, I enjoy. Like that, like you say, you see how you got emotional? Like, I share that. Like, that means the world because, you know, as a as a podcaster, as a host, you know, one of my things as a host before, you know, the CEO stuff, you know, there's a lot of people I respect. There's a lot of people I have, you know, kind of like my Mount Rushmore of content creation or Mount Rushmore of just developers or people in the industry who really transformed and and made me into the person I am now as a gamer and stuff. So when you have your peers saying, hey, Cog, you're, you know, you're one of the best. So I listen to you or forget everything. Just like, yo, I listened to you. I thought I enjoyed that show like that. It, there's no greater compliment. You you have like don't get me wrong. Like you said, partnership, all that's cool. Views and all, that's great. But when you have the respect of your peers, there's nothing that beats that. It, 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 it it's it's tra- it's transforming. It, it's it's uplifting. You can't beat that, man. And, and we've we've had moments like that. We've had moments as a team 
where on all the different platforms or some level where there's been some level of kudos where it's like Phil Spencer liked a, a, an article of lordsofgaming.net and he commented on it. It's just like things that'll blow your mind and you like have Bungie come on the show and say, hey, they enjoyed themselves. It's, it's cool stuff, man. It, it's really cool. Hey there, I'm Boris, the host of Creator's Edge. And I got a small favor to ask you. If you got a minute, I would really, really appreciate it if you can leave a review on Apple. It would only take a minute of your time and it would make such a big difference. Thank you so much and I hope you enjoy the show. I remember one year when uh, Twitter account was locked. I worked so hard to try to get her on and freaking crushed. I'll be honest, there were parts of me that just wanted to like just stop. Then I took a step back. It's not about any one single person. This is about the community. And I have to keep going because there are people listening to the show. And whether I like it or not, it's something that I committed to doing for the community. And I have to keep going. It's okay. Even if you may not make it one day, it doesn't mean that has to define you as a person or how you will be in the future. Brother, I'm so glad you mentioned stuff like that, because that's the real journey that's the real life how things happen and there's we have so many moments like that when we were crushed we were disheartened that something didn't happen we were either promised by a person and they didn't follow through we got let i remember being like flat left well, or the guest right where we're going live and no one knows where the guest is and you're just like, you know how it is. You, you, you're running the show and those things stress you out, you know, and you sit there, you're down on yourself. It's a combination of one, still believing in what you're doing. Two, saying to yourself, you know what? I enjoy it still, regardless. So even though this setback hurts, whatever that may be, that setback may be, you know, keep going. And, and it's a good thing that we didn't stop because at the end of the day, it's like, look at all these amazing opportunities that then led to, you know, smaller opportunities that led to bigger opportunities and, and relationships and, and things of that nature and people who did give us a shot. So, yeah, there's peaks and valleys. And there's, there was some low valleys. I know what you mean, brother. Like, we had those exact things. There were times where certain people who I respect, I was I was angry, man. I was, I was angry, man. I was like, this person lied to me. <laughs> you know, and I, just, I had to get out of my feelings and say, you know what? I am going to continue on this journey because I love to do it. And the time will come. The time will come. But I got to keep putting on the work, keep putting in the work, keep working hard, keep getting better. I would take it personally. I would say, you know what? That happened because they don't believe in the content. So it's my job to keep improving, to keep working with the team, to keep getting better. And that's how I just stay with that mentality. And then slowly, like I said, step by step, little things started to happen. And you build, you build on all those little small milestones and victories. And it's next thing you know, as things start to develop. I'm glad that you said that because that's very important. It's not easy. This thing is a journey. It's tough. There's, there's times you get depressed. There's times you get sad. You, it's going to happen. The key is sticking with it. And also sometimes having that honest assessment. Maybe sometimes there are some things that you have to say to yourself, you know what? This part of myself or the content needs to improve. And, and, and listening to your peers honestly and not getting too emotional where you can't take constructive criticism. Because sometimes that also is, gets in the way of a content creator that people are trying to help them and they're not willing to at least attempt to try 
to fix the issues that some people may have. And I've, we've had to do that also. How did you develop your superpower? Growing up, South Bronx, single parent household for the most part. My dad's around, but they're separated from my mom. So I grew up with my mom a lot. I think for me, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I, I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm, I've been in that type of environment, but I like diffusing. I like peace. <laughs> so for me, getting everyone on board, I take pride in it. I take pride in getting people together that people are like, look, I don't know, Cog. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to pull that off. I, 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 it's a challenge to me. Like, really? Okay, let me let me see if I can do it, you know? And it, it it's, it's cool. And sometimes I don't have to take the credit for it, but I think developing it just comes down to, you know, one, believing in whatever you're doing, seeing, have the foresight to see that, yo, this could work if we could just get past these little minor things, right? And you know, just utilizing people and putting them in the right position and utilizing their strengths and stuff like that. And I love that stuff, you know? So I think the development just comes down to, like I said, being a person who likes seeing everyone together. I mean, even the story that I told you, which is Saturday, South Bronx, a lot of kids in a rough area doing things on the street that maybe they shouldn't be doing. But I remember getting into arguments with my mom and saying, she, she'd be like, oh, the games are going on too long and stuff like that, right? So I would say, hey, you don't want me on the street. You don't like when you don't know where I am. You don't like all these other things when I'm getting into trouble. But I'm in this house with four to five Teenagers playing video games, you know where I am and you know what I'm doing. We're not hurting anybody. And that's how I won her over and to allow me to play games with all my friends. And sometimes we got loud and obnoxious sometimes, but she allowed it. And that's one of my greatest victories back then. And even my friends now, I mean, when we speak to King and Solve, they all shout out Bamakaz because they know, like even their, no one else's parents would able to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm talking about a lot of people. I'm, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like sometimes 10, 12 people in a room, in an apartment playing video game like that. To sell that to a parent ain't easy. You know what I mean? But I was able to pull it off. These are the things. So I think it kind of develops then. That, that's when I started to realize like I can work with some situations and make things that seem impossible possible. And as a result, I know for a fact I save lives. I know for a fact I got people out of situations. I know for people have reached out to me and say, hey, I remember those Saturdays, man. The fun we had. Like if YouTube existed during that time, no lie, we'd be probably the most hilarious podcast you've ever seen. Like if you if you see the stuff and the things we would do and the bets and the talking and the, you know what I'm saying, the competitive aspect, the fun aspect, but it was just a fun time in my life. I'll never forget it. It was just, th those were some of the formative years of who, I, I gained my toughness, I gained how it was to be a man, how to be, how it wants to be a, a real friend to someone, to take someone out of a dangerous situation and say, look, man, don't worry about that. Come through on Saturday. We're going to be playing Halo. I'm going to show you this new game that on PlayStation and get your mind off of all this negativity around us in the South Bronx. And I, I pride myself in that. So that would probably be it. Like those Saturdays in, in the South Bronx in small room apartment, two room bedroom apartment, just like, boom, having fun with, you know, with your friends and just talking about games and stuff. So at what point in your creator journey do you feel that you achieved success? Actually, I don't feel I've achieved it yet. <laughs> I actually feel like I'm still on my journey. I think for me, it's a combination of things. I th there's two parts. There's the creative aspect of doing what you enjoy doing. And I think with me, that has evolved. I'm, my background is more on the IT side, right? Just being able to get out of the 
the ghetto, so to speak, and, and have a decent paying job and being able to support myself and, and, and things like that was a victory. That was success, right? That was like, yo, you made it out one of the roughest areas in the South Bronx. You're alive. You're, you know what I'm saying? You, for the most part, you know, you lost people, but you're still here. You have some great friendship. Like that was success. But then as you go through your journey, and obviously video games had a big part of my life and I always loved it, but I'm like, can you ever do a career out of it? Right. Can you ever do it? I just didn't think it was anything that was sustainable. So to then be like, okay, now we got a podcast. Now we got this great website. Now that's starting to be, I don't say lucrative, but it's starting to gain income. Right. And it's like, okay, you know, now you're a CEO of website. Now you're media. Like, so it's just constant evolution of seeing what you're capable of and seeing like, sometimes I surprise myself. I'll tell people a story I forgot I was on another podcast someone asked me like what do I enjoy better podcasting or whatever or convention something else and I said actually and I surprised people I said actually interviewing developers at conventions was something I never did before and realized yo I enjoy this I remember going to an E3 buying like a cheap mic <laughs> you know a, a, a mobile recording setup throwing a microphone in someone's face and just talking about games. So oh, tell me about that. I never did that before, Corey. And I, it was a joy. It was a pat. And then people were telling me like, the devil's like, yo, you're really asking me great questions. No one's asking me anything like that. Your energy. It was just something I, again, evolved into. If you would have told me that five, 10 years ago, I'd laugh you out the room. Like, oh, I'll be podcasting. Oh, I'll be doing streaming. I mean, these are things that didn't seem real to me. So I think what it is, is we all in, inherently have this unlocked potential that when you put yourself in a certain situation, then you realize I'm capable of this and I'm capable of more. And, and I think learning my voice is powerful. Learning that I affect people. When people say, yo, I really listen to the podcast, you help me through my day, or hey, I'm driving cross country and whatever, whatever, or hey, that article that you guys wrote, that was a bit, that's success to me. You know what I'm saying? It's not just all financial. So I think the achieving is pretty much keep putting yourself in positions and seeing how far you can kind of evolve your potential and, and, and not be afraid of it, right? There's some things that, yeah, give it a shot. You never know, and you might end up, you know, liking it. So I think I'm still on my journey. I still think there's more I can do. I still think there's things that will come up and, you know, whether it be in the game, I think the games industry is probably where I'm leaning now. Four or five years ago, I would say there's no way it's not sustainable. I can stay making money in a stable nine to five and be okay. But starting to see the p potential of entrepreneurship, right? Just making an LLC recently, right? With Iron Lords Podcast and, and, and just growing this into a corporation. And it, it's, it's so much things that we're, we're surprising ourselves and I'm surprising myself. And I still think the journey is ongoing. So the sky's the limit. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm on for this ride and see where things take me, but be open-minded to different things. And then sometimes even from the standpoint, the opposite, right? There's sometimes what I thought I wanted to do something. I thought, I remember one time I thought I want to be a game developer. I learned very quickly <laughs> doing like programming and SQL. And I was like, this ain't for me. <laughs> like, so again, it, it's putting yourself out there, but also learning 
what your strengths are and refining it and things of that nature. So, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. But the, the perseverance, when it is something that you do enjoy, then you got to stick with it. You got to take the feedback. You got to continue on the journey. Just don't give up. Again, making those right relationships and, and talking to people, all of that stuff really factors in to the journey and, and those low points and not getting too low and then also not getting too high also. So it's a balance. Hey there, I'm Boris, the host of Creator's Edge, and I got a small favor to ask you. If you got a minute, I would really, really appreciate it if you can leave a review on Apple. It would only take a minute of your time, and it would make such a big difference. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the show. What's it like to be a Black creator by the events that took place over the last year? Man, last year was tough. The whole George Floyd situation really impacted me on so many levels. I've never, you know, been as angry and sad at the same time. And just to see the division sometimes within world and stuff like that. And I, I don't like to get too political. I'm really not a political person. It was something you couldn't avoid. And I remember having this conversation with Ibantis. That's my brother right there. I learned a lot about him during that situation, too, because I think our friendship even got stronger and he just said hey man like I don't know what it is to be a black content creator and the things that you may have experienced like all these things he's like I'm a white guy living in Texas right now you know what I mean and he's just like tell me like those type of things happen to you and stuff like that and I'm like absolutely and we had like real honest brutally honest discussion between friends on race and things like that you know it just to me it's like what I realize is being a black content creator there is you know, a level of responsibility, I feel. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's important that people see more of us. I think that prior to the George Floyd situation, there weren't a lot of visible gaming figures were of color in prominent positions. And a lot of times you can get disheartening. Like, hey, like, will I be getting a shot? You know, will people listen to me and understand based on the quality of the content for my merit? And that that's that's one thing. And just people getting the opportunity. Like sometimes it's just a matter of getting the opportunity. So I want to shout out some um, white content creators because shout out to Ryan McCaffrey. You know what I'm saying? He's one that I feel what I consider is an ally, right? A person who, because in the black community, don't get me wrong, we gotta we have to fight very hard to to be accepted to prove that we can do similar things to other 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 content creators and get a voice and get an opportunity and also there's a, a responsibility like okay not being intimidating and not scaring people because there we have to admit that a lot of that still is in play there's still a lot of racial undertones and stuff that that still exists and, and sadly it shouldn't but it does but i want to shout out like ryan like you know he had started something you know with ign unlocked and he's like look I'm a white guy. I, I, this whole situation with George Floyd has really opened my eyes up. You know, I think it's my responsibility to really look at content creators in the black community and really try to be an ally and a voice to, to change this because it, it became frustrating, Corn. It was, we have all these great content creators and I'm not just, you know, I'm just one. You know, there's many people who are just as talented as me. You don't see them get a shot. And when I saw Ryan start that movement, and a couple of other, you know, entities I see that I respect saw similar movements and you start to see more voices get their chance. And it was almost like a chain reaction. It's sad that tragedy on a very public 
scale had to happen. But the reality is it did force change. It did make people open their eyes. And, and the beauty of a tragedy in this generation being recorded live, because think about how many people lost their lives that there weren't any recordings, right? There weren't any video footage, any YouTube, any, so you can say undisputable, like this is an injustice, right? That now finally was that raw band-aid that needed to be peeled, you know, off and the scab is there and now we got to heal. So bringing people together. And, 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 and I think for me, once I got my shot, I, I remember IJN Lock was one of them, you know, many, many opportunities I've got. It's up to me to take advantage to say, look, you know, here I am. I think I got a pretty interesting story. I think, you know, I think we, we, we produce good content. And as a result of you listening to me, hey, now come check out Iron Lords. Come check out Last Word. Come check out, you know, lordsofgaming.net. And then people I'm seeing, like, falling in love. Like, like yo, I just found out your content, right? So at the end of the day, it's, it's a combined effort. The powers that be, giving people opportunities. Also, our fellow white content creators, our friends who are in positions to, to also help out. And, and let's, let's do this, you know? Let, let, let's be a unified front because there's so many, and, and it's not just black, all, there's different races too, you know what I'm saying? That's been marginalized and not given opportunity. To me, it's always cool when you see, I've always think it's cool when you always see someone who doesn't look like you and, you know, from another area, another region. And, you know, you're like, wow. I mean, I remember seeing some content creators like, yo, we're from, Oh, Hawaii, we love Iron Lords podcast. And we're, I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just, I love it. Let's bring people together and give people opportunity because every time someone sees someone that looks like them, it gives them hope they could do it too. Wow. Those are such powerful words. And, and thank you for opening up and being so honest about it. For me, I, I don't know how it feels. I have friends who are black. I don't really think about people and, and categorize them by the color of their skin. So I, I never really thought about these things. And I thought racism existed many years ago, but 2021, like we're past that point, you come to learn that there's a lot of things that we just don't see on the outside. But it's always important to ask questions and to really like, really like be there to support each other and to like ask, hey, are you okay? How is life going for you? Are you having any challenges? And should it have to take such drastic things in the world to happen for us to do I this? I, I mean, it's a good point. And I want to shout out Addict too, because he's a younger white kid from West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? And he he comes from a very rough area. Like if he if people knew his story and the adversities that he's been through and getting too graphic and making it too negative, but let's just say the area where he's from and the people who he's in contact with sometimes growing up has formed hate groups against certain races. And he had to fight to just say, hey, I have a black friend and it's okay. You know what I mean? So again, like it's too, there's so many sides. Of it. I think there's only one good thing about all this negativity is that what happened prior is that it opened the eyes that we are not in this utopia melting pot that everybody thinks we're in that it's still, whether it be subtle, direct, still exists. And if people knew his, I got so much respect for Attic. Like you, people don't understand. People are like, I know you can be rough around the edges sometimes with certain things, but if people truly knew his story, like how we know his story, like it's amazing. He is even the person he is because his route could have went another route. You know what I mean? And I'm actually proud. That's a part I never really said to on any other show, but I'm actually proud 
the Lion Lords podcast is diverse and naturally diverse just because of friendship, not because of we trying to get a white guy and get it. Like, nah, we're friends, like legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are legit. Like, if something happened to Attic, I'm pulling up. If something happened to me, Attic's pulling. Like, it's a real friendship. Like, he's he's told me this. Like, he's like, Cog, you're one of the single person in my life that changed my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's real. You can't put a price on it. And, and it just goes to show you that a lot of this stuff is going on in the world today. And, and it's good that some of that negativity got out because we could lift the veil and see how the real world is. And we got a lot of improving to do as a society. Well said. So, Cog, what is the proudest moment in your life and in your creative career? Life. Wow. Life. Oh, man. Proudest moment in my life. Um, man, it's tough. That's tough. I mean, simply, again, growing out, growing up, growing up in the South Bronx, you know, all the adversity, all the people doubting you would be anything, someone, even, you know, some family resistance at certain points. And um, still being someone that's respected in society and a contributing member and a good person. I just think that's what it is. I think the proudest moment in my life is just, you can say what you want, you could disagree with me, but you can't say Cognito's not a good person. I'll die on that. That's it. I've always, there's even people I haven't, I don't talk to anymore because we have disagreements or whatever in life, but they know I gave the shirt off my back. I did everything to make the relationship, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be the friendship, family, whatever, right? People can't take that away from me. They know it, you know what I mean? And it's either something that they did <laughs> that caused the relationship to go somewhere else. At the end of the day, I pride myself in that. And yeah, it's just simple. It's just being a good person and I'm comfortable in my skin and, and, and where I'm at. And, and that to me is enough. So as far as the life thing, it's the, the, the career for IT, you know, that was one, one little milestone, I think figuring out my way there. And then as far as creative career, just this beautiful community, man, like we got a, we got, man, we got like a, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, if you've watched Iron Lord's podcast and you see the amount of love by this community to, just want to hear us talk they look forward to us like that i've never seen that in my, and we're not the biggest right like but i will say our community could go head to head with anybody like they are such a ravenous positive community and it, it and it feel good it's a fun community like we have fun we joke with each other we're not a friend to, to make fun of ourselves we you know it, it's just it's a cool exchange i've i've never seen anything like that I've never seen anything like that. So that, that is probably creatively or my, my definitely proudest moments to see this community that we've built. That's amazing. And you know what's really interesting? I came into this conversation thinking that your superpower would be podcasting. But I learned something a lot more about you, that you're actually a community builder that your, your superpower is to bring people together in a special way, and not just people, but the right people to be able to accomplish something really special that you have created with the Iron Lords podcast, with the Lords of Gaming Network, with the Last Word podcast. Like Everything that you're doing creatively, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because 
of the things that you're doing and not only the things that you're doing, the things that your team is working on together to create. And I think that's really powerful and really special. I agree, brother. I think that, yeah, it, it, I think about it when you ask me. It was, um, but yeah, I think that's the that's the underlying thread, right? The 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 cohesion of of bringing people together, and you know, I, I get excited when I see people cross paths with me, and and then they're working together, and knowing that hey, you know what, like that's cool. Like, you know, I'm getting to see people that I respect that I like work together, do something special, and then it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like on all on all levels, I, I just think community is important. And, and, you know, as far as gaming is concerned, you know, gaming saved my life. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Like, there's, there's no question gaming saved my life. I could have went a completely different path. I talked, I, I briefly touched about the story of my mom and fighting for gaming in the house and all that stuff. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I know I saved my life and I know I saved the lives of, of a lot of others. So, yeah, for sure. The community aspect, huge, huge. So... Of every podcast that you have recorded, you've done more than 200 episodes now, and that's just one show. What would you say is the one episode, one guest that really sticks out? The one that was your favorite episode, favorite moment? Oh, God, you're making me pick a box my kids. <laughs> Come on, God, this is tough, man. You go, oh, this is tough. This is tough. Um, All right. First, before let me do my disclaimer <laughs> before I answer this. Every guest, every person that's come on has had an impact in some way. Right? That that's the the cheap excuse, easy way out answer, right? If I had to say, because we've had so many, we've had so many, big and small, and so many that we've I remember people say, Oh, I can't believe, you know, you're gonna have this person on and you know, we're not going to watch and all this other stuff. And then you have them on. It was a great episode. So there's always moments like that. If I had to put it on one, the most significant, in my opinion, and I've told him this, is Bill Stilwell. And the reason Bill Stilwell, at the, for those who don't know who he is, um, he was the a, a leader of the back compat team. Um, at Microsoft during the uh, during that whole the Xbox One era, he's he's like a Microsoft lifer. But how I came in contact with him was actually during that era. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, meeting him and developing a friendship and stuff like that, and it's cool. But you know, again, this is corn. I'm talking about 100, maybe 150 subscriber Iron Lords podcast. Right? I'm I'm not talking about Iron Lords podcast now. I'm talking about Bad microphone, not on camera, Iron Lords podcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the very early stages, right? And for me, I'll never forget. Remember you mentioned, yo, sometimes, you know, shooting your shot and, you know, aspiring. That was a big get. That was a big get. This is a Microsoft executive. You know, we're not even that big of a platform at all. And I remember asking, and I was just like, hey, you know, again, not even thinking this person's going to say yes. Like, it was just a shot in the dog, but I'm like, look, I shot my shot. And he was like, yes, when? And I'm like, whoa. Like, that's one of those moments where you're like, yo, I shot my shot. And the person actually says, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then I, I guess he did his research behind the scene and, you know, 
And we had them on and, you know, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because it proved two things. One, he believed in what we were doing. Let's just get that out, right? Because no one's coming on some podcast. He, he's putting his reputation at risk. He has to go to Microsoft PR and ask to be on the show, right? That's one. Two, you got to believe in it, right? And then three, it's like, okay, now this person's on. Can we hang with the big boys? Can we do a big media style interview that, let's be honest, would only be reserved for like, you know, the, the big boys, you know, shout out to Ryan McCaffrey, you know what I'm saying? Like all the big boys, like, you know, it's like, yo, it was a moment. It was a moment. And I'm like, and for me as a host also, like, yo, can I, can I hang? Can I ask correct questions? Can the person be entertained as far as the team? I'm loving us, the chemistry, you know what I'm saying? Everything like that. And it was an amazing episode. And, and I remember after I thanked him, like, I, I probably thanked him too many times. Like, yo, bro, thank you so much. Like, yo, you know, like, like I can't, it was great. And he was just like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I look forward to seeing you in the future, you know, when we have more things to talk about and things like that. And it was just transformative, transformative. And I don't have a lot of friends in the industry, but Bill Stilwell is a friend. Like there's, I have to put that on record. So he has to hear his roses now. You know what I'm saying? Or you can smell them. You know what I'm saying? Like he has to hear. If you ever listen to this, he has to know. Like there's few people, because a lot of people are fake. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, he had, Corn, he, that man had no business being on our last podcast. He, he really didn't, but he took a shot. He gave us a shot. You know, and and I'll, I'll forever be thankful. There's nothing, that, even if me and that man never talk again, which is not the case. He's a good friend of mine, <laughs> but he, he can never do no wrong. I'll never forget that. And, and all of us feel the same way. You know, King, Solve, Attic, we all feel that interview. It, 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 interview. it didn't even do that many views, which was disheartening, right, at the time. But it was so important because it showed the world, like, yo, if you come on Iron Lord's podcast, you're going to get respected. You can get a, a professional interview and you can have fun. And I think it opened doors. I think it truly did. I, I, as small as the views were at the time, it did open doors that people felt safe. An executive felt safe. He could come on our platform and know he wasn't going to get disrespected or ask crazy questions. And you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it established rapport. And that was big for us. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. What is next for you in your creative journey? Can you give us a glimpse into your future? Mm, so I got I got some things cooking. Oh <laughs> uh, damn! I wish I could reveal it for you, but I, I can't. But stay tuned. This week something is happening. <laughs> this week, of uh, with me creatively, you know, personally, and um, it should be a cool announcement. You know, a cool announcement for me. Obviously, last week. You know, we had the big announcement as a group, Iron Horse Podcast. We formed an LLC, which is a major step for us. You know, this one will be more of a personal step, um, something I've been wanting to do. So that's that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, stay tuned for that announcement. But as far as the um, the future, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to to grow, man. I I feel I have more things to do. You know, I think uh, gaming is not done with me yet. The games industry is not done with you yet, and I um I plan on really you know, taking this thing and going, going hard at it. So, you know, having the luxury of, of, of being able to devote my resources now, you know, more, say more full time, as opposed to in the past, you know, really kind of depending on IT as a foundation and now trying to take in my shot and say, okay, well, what happens if I go on the Lord's podcast, Lords of Gaming.net, last word, you know, all this stuff, 
a little bit more aggressively and, and what, what happens then, right? And then, you know, what happens if I kind of put it out there in that, hey, because I'm a firm believer you got to speak things into existence. And, uh, you know, hey, like, you know, what if you, you know, you want to be something bigger in the industry, you know, as far as business and whatever, CEO and partnering with other entities and things like that. I got big ideas. So the future, I still feel as bright as an older Oh, the older men, <laughs> you know, older uh, Gen Gen Xer. It, but uh, I got a late start as far as game versus second lease on life, and I think I still have more to say and contribute in this industry. And I just hope that uh, people continue to support and uh, look at what what I'm doing and look at what we're doing as as an entity. And um, I just think the sky's the limit. So stay tuned, Cornholio. Well, thank you so much, Lord Cognito, for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your incredible journey and sharing the important lessons that you learned along the way and talking about your superpower and some of the things that are coming in the future with the Iron Lords. Yes, yes, yes. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, I love what you're doing and salute to you. I love this creator series that you got going, celebrating people in the industry. I look forward to your ascension, your rise. I think you got a lot to say. I like your podcasting style and um, it's just real life, right? It's, it's real life stories from people. And I think there's value in that. So continue. I want to thank you for having me again and, and continuing your journey because I do think you may have something uh you may be on to something with this, man. So keep it out. I look forward to more bigger things and big guests. And I saw one guest like, I, like we talked about before that I'm like, wow, you shot for the stars and you got it, bro. Like that was, me and Evans were talking about that. I won't spoil it, but I was like, man, that's pretty cool. So salute to you on that, man. I, I love what you're doing, man. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I look up to you and your work and what you're doing. You guys are doing some really great stuff with, all of your projects and you really are an, an inspiration. And lastly, where can we learn more about you and everything you're working on? Absolutely, man. First of all, I'm on Twitter primarily. That's one of my main platforms that I'm, I'm on tweeting. So at Lord Cognito, you can catch me on Twitter there. And uh, on YouTube, Iron Lords Podcast. Please check us out. Every Sunday is the Lord's Day, usually 1 p.m. Eastern when it's uh, not football season. <laughs> so you can catch us there. We're on all your major audio platforms as well. So, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. And, of course, our Destiny and Luda Shooter kind of focused podcast with my boy Ebontis. The last word, we usually stream live on his channel first and then it'll go up on Iron Lords Podcast after if you missed the live show. But, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're building. We got great things planned there. And, of course, the one that's probably the more, more important, the proudest, even though Iron Lords Podcast is the foundation, lordsofgaming.net, because lordsofgaming.net allows us to do so much. And I'm so proud of the team that we have. It's just a tremendous team I've, like i told you before we, we just made media you know a couple years ago and to see the journey that that's going on is really cool and um yeah man so again if you check out that website lordsofgaming.net you know check those articles out those opinion pieces share that stuff out really means the world to me and uh yeah man that's pretty much it man is that but uh, again great time on the creator's edge i've been around of the creator's edge so salute for having me corn man i really appreciate this brother if you like the show, please consider leaving a review on Apple. It really makes a huge difference, and it helps us to create more content just like this. You can find Creator's Edge wherever you listen to podcasts, 
We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.